Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything. Mr. Curiosity. I'm like you when you do your wham cam. Like, come on. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. All right, folks. Here it is. Mr. Curiosity. A new episode. And this is uh, with Nancy Kamen. The name Kamen reminds me of... I don't know. Isn't there like a South American partial marine reptile caiman, the caiman alligator type thing? Yes. Right. Cayman Islands, the Cayman Islands. Right. But I think the Cayman alligator, too. It's like an alligator like creature. Anyway, local radio legend right here. on oh, yeah. Mr. Curiosity, Nancy Cayman. So, well, well, well. I am so honored to be here with you, Joe. We talk all <laughs> the time, but like we don't really talk face to face. This is fun. So I was trying to think, when did this all begin? We wouldn't even have known each other, but your GM knew my GM. And then my GM said, hey, let's have these two do radio together with their weather forecast. Your station will promote the weather and our station helps you out because you get a free forecast. So when did this all start? I believe we started maybe 2004 because I started. Oh, my God. <laughs> a long time. It's almost, tw- it's almost 20 years. Yes. And what I remember, just you are a wonderful person and you're a loyal person. And I know that you were doing it for somebody else. And then you came over and did it for us. And I know that that made you a little uncomfortable at first because you were a loyal guy. So we kind of stole you. And I I love that we stole you. But I just want people to know, like, you're the kind of guy, like, these people stood by me, I was with them, and we kind of went, hey, come over here. Well, I just did what management made me do. I, <laughs> That's right. I, I, except they can't make you wear a tie. Oh, no, no, no. They can only push so far, right? <laughs> All right. So, but it's, no, but I, it's funny how when we started doing this, I'm like, oh, Another thing I have to do in the morning, I have to talk on this stupid radio show with people I don't know. And now, Nancy, you know this about me. It's like a creative outlet for me, and I and I and I look forward to it. So we, you, you don't get two minutes of weather; you get like fifteen minutes of fun and I mean, the weather. Secret, and the secret is, we get more of you doing the weather than you even get on TV. Oh yeah, yeah, because I get to even be weirder with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good weird. All right, let's go back to your beginning. So you are a local girl, I believe, right? Well, well, I was born in New Jersey. My parents are both from here. So they're so married, moved for a job. And they went to New Jersey. They had four kids. We moved back. But I've been here since I was six. Whoa, I didn't know that. So you're, well, what about your mom and dad? So give me this history there. All right. My mom, her family from Scranton, but actually doing ancestry, half of them went to Wilkes-Barre and half of them went to Scranton. My dad's from Dixon City, and he would have told us that that was called Priceburg back then. (laughs) So so I, I still kind of missing the story here. So your mom and dad grew up locally. Right. And what's the New Jersey thing again? How did that come in? It was a job. My dad needed my dad and he had a connection. A a job out there. Row manufacturing. They used to do like the machines, the vending machines. (laughs) So he got a job. 
My mom got a job out there. They were there for a few years and they missed family, everybody here. So they came back. So oh, really? So how old were you when they came back? Were you even born? I was like six. I was in, I was going into second grade. So do you have New Jersey memories or no? Oh, absolutely. Yes, I do. But like, I always consider this home because this is pretty much where all my friends are and everything. Um, formative years. Yeah. So you come back to Susquehanna County back then when you're six, seven years old? When, no, we were in Factoryville, birthplace of Christy Mathewson. So that's where. Oh. So you grow up going to uh, what school district is that? Uh, Lackawanna Trail. So and you're no you're no prissy private school girl wearing uh, oh. you know uh, formal clothes, right? You're you're a regular public school girl. Public school and rural school, and um, yeah, Lackawanna Trail. You know, we jeans and we didn't have to wet. We we always felt bad for the kids at the bus stop who had to wear the skirt and the yeah, socks, yeah. shoes. No, we didn't have to do that. So, so how many graduated with you when you were, uh, we, so you're, you know, this Grad rural school district, about 100, 150? Oh, no, God, no. 1985, I believe we had as many kids as the last two. It was 85 or 86, something like that. Very small. So very small. So here we, so we're, con that's one thing we get when we do the morning news. You and I are of the same time. I'm 84, you're 85. Right. We're of the same generation. We grew up with the same music and the same ways of life and same parenting from our parents and how times have changed, right? It's amazing. Well, the weird thing is my mom worked with your mom. At Allied Services, I know. Isn't that strange? It, what's wild is when you started doing the weather for us, my mom's going, I think that might be Dottie's son. Dottie, she, my mother, yeah. Dottie, and she always talked about you how wonderful she was. The patients loved your mother. She was like just a breath of fresh air and very happy. And happy. Oh, don't make me cry. Don't make me cry. All right. How that feels, but it's always nice to hear what somebody else thinks about. And I only got it, you know, people at work when she'd come up, I remember her talking about talking about yeah, I, I sure hope I'm only getting spot. I'm getting your broken up audio from you. I hope it's not going to continue like that through the whole podcast. We'll, we'll keep this thing going, but there's nothing you can do there. You don't have an adjustment. It seems like you're, you're I know, like, let me turn down my scatter, but, but then I won't. No, really I don't know. The video is great. It just sounds like a little uh, broken up audio at times, but uh, who knows? Maybe it's something on my end. Oh, she disappeared for a second. <laughs> Her mic is off. Bring it back, girl. Bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> All right. So we're going to continue on with this. She just disappeared. We're counting down. One, two, three. Why am I in driver? Four. She's back. I knew. See, I knew under 10 seconds she's back, yeah, although I don't see I you anymore, Nancy. I see you. Oh, there you are. I am so All sorry. Right, I'm just my Wi-Fi. I didn't realize, oh, we're just going to keep going. <laughs> you would think at a Big Shot radio station, the big wig that you are, that you'd have perfect audio quality and I'd be going through some mixer and this would be the best sounding podcast in the history of mankind. We'll do the best we can. All right. We will then. All right. Sounds good. So so you're you're a little girl. You're in Factoryville. Siblings, brothers, sisters, all that? Three sisters. Three sisters. No brothers. Oh, your poor dad. No offense. Your mom, three daughters. What is this my guy dad, doing? My dad was the best. 
And he'd always say, no matter, everybody would say what you said, which is, oh my God, you poor guy. And he'd be like, they're wonderful. He was like thrilled. It didn't matter to him at all. It really didn't unless, or he really faked it really well. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a combo of both because here's what I've noticed now that I have two sons and a daughter. The daughter and the dad are connected more than anyone. So your dad connected with the daughters and probably that's an unbelievable relationship. But at the same time, you know this. Don't get mad at me. I have the bell here if I'm offending you. <laughs> I have two boys and a daughter. My daughter's high maintenance. The boy's not so much at all. Oh, that's interesting. Well, here's an example. When I would go for a cruise with my kids, my boys, their their head would be hanging out the car window. The music's loud. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, no complaints. They're They're eating chips, crumbs all over. And then if I take my daughter for a ride, it'd be this. You forgot to turn on your blinker. It's too noisy back here. I'm chilly. The music's too loud. There's always something. That's all I'm saying, even though I'm closer to her than the boys. I, would, I, I kind of would agree with you. I have one of each now, a boy and a girl. So, yeah, it works that way. But he was, yeah, he was cool. He was cool. And he dealt with, you know, three girls, four girls. So three other than me um, running into the bathroom, fighting over the bathroom constantly. Yeah, yeah. We weren't like years and years apart. It was like child one, two years, then two years, then two years. So boom, boom, boom. And where are these siblings? Are they local? Do you want to tell us about them? Or is it we were getting off tangent here oh, too no. far? One of them is out in uh, Las Vegas. Was a teacher from uh, in the Vegas school district in biology. She Whoa. used to be a designer before that. I have artists in my family. So two of my sisters have art degrees, but they both had to go back to school because, you know, art yeah. isn't easy to make a living with. So um, so that sh she was a graphic designer for years and then went back to school and got a biology degree. So now she's teaching online for uh, schools out on the West Coast. I love it. So no one in radio or media or TV? No, no, not at all. Yeah. My other sister was a nurse, but basically stay at home mom. My other sister is a nurse. My mother was a nurse. So lots was of a nurses. nurse, right? Yes. Nurses in the family. So that's where, yet, where they're all. So Ben, so you go in this different direction. So now we're in high school. Is Nancy right. nerdy? Is Nancy uh, in the band? Is Nancy academic <laughs> uh, high standards? Is Nancy going to Votech? What's Nancy um, like? I was very passionate about news and sports and more, not playing sports, oh, not but sports. But news, but mostly news, politics, politics, I used to really get into like get current, into events, current events really well. On really those well. And I, I just remember being more politically involved than a lot of people. And other than that, I wouldn't say nerdy. I kind of hung around with all different types. And I just always wanted to be in media. But I had thought that I would do television. And I liked Barbara Walters at the time because there weren't many females on TV. Right. I wanted to do my whole game was to be in television and that didn't happen it's <laughs> funny how, it's funny how what you just said because we grew up during the same time it's funny how because barbara walters with her passing recently and how she was a game changer and a uh, blaze trailer with tra trailblazer with this career that she uh, created for women and it's funny right. how when i was growing up in the 70s 
and I would see Barbara Walters and other women on TV. To me, I just thought, oh, yeah, of course, there's women doing news. There's men doing news. So it was always kind of like a part of our world. I never knew she was blazing trails. I just thought, oh, yeah, there's a woman on TV. What's the big right. deal? It's funny. Right. But we were at the beginning of that. It was a big deal as a woman. And then when Christiane Amanpour came out, who's like one of the people I really look up to is because, you know, she was tough. She was smart and she didn't have Intellectual, to be. Yeah. She was just great and gritty and not afraid. And I love that. I love that about her. Still love her to this day. Yeah. So we're coming of age in the 70s. But if you just go back 10, 15 years before us, there were no women on TV doing these things. But I didn't even realize right. that as a kid. I'm a teenager. Like, oh, yeah, women can do everything. What's the big deal? But these people were blazing trails. Right. And that's what like people. And again, it's about understanding other people's experiences and trying to learn from it. I know today some people like to say it's woke to try to look at another person's standpoint so anytime yeah. I kind of try to say look like it was different for certain people at certain times than it was for others and so those were like those kinds of things naming even naming buildings naming streets naming fields anything after people for so long they were always named after men and nobody thought about it nobody thought about it but little things like going into a place and seeing a woman's name on it you're like Wow. I mean, it's different today. But when we were growing up, those were things you didn't see. Yeah. And you never really thought about it or questioned it, I guess, when you were you know, a teenager at the time. You just accepted it. And the right. reverse of that, talk about the reverse of that. I tell my meteorology students at Marywood this all the time. Remember how in the 60s and 70s, all hurricanes and storms used to be named after women. And that originated because of the pilots and sailors. And if they encountered a storm, they would name it's it the after their, <laughs> yeah, that's, that thing is as, that, that, that thing is as bitchy as my wife. That thing is as unruly as my wife. I'm going to call it Julia. I'm going to call it, I'm going to call it Linda. I'm going to call it Nancy. And we yes. accepted that. Like, oh yeah, you call storms, uh, so female like the, names. So the really nice, entertaining things, the guys got the names and then the, the guys got, yeah. It's so, yeah. Oh, it's her fault. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It, and it's funny how that was just accepted. So luckily we came of age in the seventies and eighties, everything changed. And here we are today, a prominent right. woman like you doing news and doing gosh, darn great work at news. I love it. <laughs> Thanks. So, but anyway, I, so I went to Marywood, which is where you teach now. That's so, where I'm heading in the direction. So oh. you're in college, you're in high school and you think, do I want to leave? Do I want to go far away? Do I want to stay local? What were you thinking? Well, I, when you say, what were you like in high school? My life opened up when I got a part-time job. So I got a part-time yeah. job working at a grocery store. It was the Acme Super Saver in Clark Summit. So, so I, was, I was working and I liked making money. So I didn't want to leave that job. I wanted to stay. And I also had three sisters that I lived with and fought over bathrooms Two of them were in college at this point and out of the house. I'm like, I'm not going back into that situation where I have to share bathrooms. Yeah, yeah. Be with uh, more women. No, thank you. Uh, so By the way, I, one bathroom or no? What? By the way, one bathroom? We had two bathrooms, but one with a shower at the house. Wait a minute. This is yeah. high society for the 70s and 80s. Two <laughs> bathrooms. Well, only one, one half. One, yeah. One, shower and that was it 
Wow, high society here, girl. That's a lot for that time period, even a half. <laughs> yeah, one and a half. Yeah, so I went to, I went to go local, still work, and I worked like 25, 30 hours a week while I went to school. So I wanted to work and I wanted to, um, you know, not go that far because what I the other things I wanted to so you did stay home then, if I'm following your story, correct? Stayed home. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Now so the day, now the kids like stay in the area, like they'll go local, but they'll live there. And I'm like, wow. It's so, <laughs> that's a lot. I, you know, a lot I, go. That's a whole different argument. When I hear now of college costs and how these students are outraged by how much debt they have, it's I don't want to say they created it for themselves, but. There's so many ways you can save. You can stay at home. You can go to you can go to a college that's a state college and live in a regular dorm, and you don't have to have these elaborate country club like environments, right? That's what adds to all your debt. Debt. It so is. it didn't and have so to be that way, but things changed. They say the number one thing that usually now, aside from somebody might have a dream school, be really smart and be able to get in anywhere, but right. outside of that. The thing that kids want when they're going to school is like the food options like that's crazy i want to have tons of restaurants and i'm like what does that matter you can go to a school in any area around here and you can stop at the restaurants that are the pool it's weird it's weird Nancy, did we create these monsters or is it just society that changed i know we're to blame because when i went to college there's your cafeteria. I never thought, oh, I wonder what's on the menu or is there a Chipotle nearby? It wasn't even like it was like going right. to it was like going to the army. It was like going to war. I lived in a little concrete box and the cafeteria was over there and I didn't ask for any more. It's funny how all that's um, changed. Um, well, of course, we have to blame ourselves. We get this all the we time. It's our talk fault. People call into talk radio all the time or they text us and they complain about the younger generation. And, you know, they call them all names and all names and stuff. And I'm like, do you have kids? Yeah, everybody says that they're, I mean, I, I push back on that stuff with my kids. Um, I stress to them, unless it's going to be some big name physician or a lawyer, doctor, and you have, you know, if you want to worry about going to the best of the best schools, most other places, just get your degree. You don't have to spend tons of money. You don't, and you don't need, yeah. And I think state schools now, I went to Millersville University and, you know, I, I hope this doesn't come off the wrong way, but even my kids, I said, what's wrong with Bloomsburg? What's wrong with East Stroudsburg? And they kind of thought, no, I want to go to Philly. I want to go to Temple. I want the big city experience. And I'm like, I never had those thoughts. How did all this happen? How did all this change? Well, what happened at, What what happened to spring break? Um, now my daughter, her first year, comes home for spring break all depressed because all her friends are like traveling far, oh, far away. Stop. See, stop, stop. Like, what the heck? I'm we went to, I went to a wedding, a destination wedding last year for Aruba, right? With the kids because it was a friend getting married. We don't normally do this. There were spring break kids in Aruba where the drink age is eight. And I'm like, and it's a mess. It's crazy. I know. <laughs> you know, that's why we're the that's why we're the third greatest generation of all time. <laughs> we're not the first. 
We're maybe not the second or the third, all right? And it's getting worse every year. But anyway, back to you. So you're in college. You go to Marywood. You're saving money. You're working at home. Then what? Because I have gossip about you that I want to share with the okay. then what. Okay. Do you want me to tell you, you and then you can get me with the gossip? Well, I'm going to say this gossip. This is what I heard you tell me if it's true. People told me when I said that I'm an interviewee, like, oh, my goodness, that woman, she had a good shot at staying at, I think at the time it was Channel 22. She was smart. She was attractive. She was a gem on air. She could speak. She could write. She could do it all. But she didn't want to do TV. She insisted on radio. And she turned everybody down. And she went to radio instead. Is this all true? Well, that sounds beautiful and wonderful, but um, I, I guess there's a little bit of truth in that. I did want to do TV, so I did do it for a year and a half. I covered the Blizzard of 90. That was like a lot of fun that day. Well, wait, um, let's go back. So what, wait, yeah. you get out of college and what's your first gig? All right. My first gig is at, well, first, before I got out of college, I was working at WWDL Light 105, which has now changed hands. Okay. But that was um, Eric. You've um, interviewed Eric Hetzko, a prospector from yes. Rock 107. Went to college with him. And he said, oh. I'm going to go to Rock 107. And if you want to work part-time, call this person. And I'm like, okay. So I called Paula Degnan, who's on the air with us now. And she hired me, and she hired me just part-time. And then they said, news broke and I started covering like news stories for them part-time and I did that until I graduated from college and then I got a call about going down to WILK which is where I started which I I'm here now 30 some years later that's unbelievable um, so I did um I got a call from someone at WILK who went to school with my sister and they knew that I was graduating and said we have a news <clears throat> position I'm like in Factoryville. This is Wilkes-Barre. It's like there's no there's no 309, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good hour, hour and 10 minutes, oh, right? For every day. Um, and at first I was like, thanks, but no thanks. And I didn't call. I didn't like, you know, when you're first graduated, you're like, ah, I got plenty of time. Well, by yeah. November, after May, I'm like, I, I got to fight. And I call them back and they're like, come on down. We're still looking. So that's how I started at WILK. And then um, I wanted to do TV. So I was doing like three jobs at the same time. I was working at the stadium club, waitressing, when that first opened up for the Barons at the time. And um, I interviewed at YOU and I started doing weekend news for them. Oh, so this is where the story starts. So you're... Yeah. You're doing radio. Are you full-time radio then or no? I'm I'm full-time radio and I'm Saturday reporter for WYOU. Well, and that's a little go-getter right there. I mean, you have a full-time job, but you still want more? Yeah, I wanted more. I, I was also waitressing, as I told you. So I was doing a lot. And waitressing, yes. <laughs> money in this business, right? So you yeah. can't always be doing it. So, uh, But what happened was I did do news for like a year and a half and i got a call from frank andrews at wnep so i go in and i interview not only do i interview he's like come on in and see like i was in some kind of a meeting before like like i think it was like 11 or 12 o'clock and everybody's there marisa burke is there all the reporters are there and i'm like 
this is cool. And he like shows me everything. And he says, um, we want to hire and you're, wait, you. Wait, wait. So you're just a, you're just a 21, 22 year old punk. Right. And, and, and here and you are being escorted into a big prominent TV station, new <laughs> building. What's the year now? Is this like 1992 or the, one or the blizzard was 1993. So I'm going to think it was later. It was in 1993. Okay, so not, oh, you go into this room, and there's Marisa Burke and, and Frank every, Andrew. And I love Marisa Burke, too. I, when I talk about women doing news, I have to say, I just think she has su- always had such command when she does the news. Like, you pay attention. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just sitting there, like, starstruck. And um, it was great. I interviewed. They offered me a job. And it and, was well, yeah, consumer reporter slash assignment, like, reporter ever they put me on and um and i was in a no compete at the time and frank andrew i i think i can talk now he's retired anyway <laughs> frank andrew said um we need you to get out of your no compete because they didn't want to take on that if if i had to sit for six months they'd have to pay me if my if my oh. employee yes now Lawyer at that time was not the kind of guy you could walk in and go, hey, can you get me out of this thing? Yes. To be honest with you, the money was less than what I was making in radio. Really? Yes. And I was like in a management position. So it was kind of, I still kind of, that's like one of those forks in the road where you go like, yes, should I have done this? But the problem was, I felt that if I told my boss that I wanted to get out and he refused, then I'd be kind of stuck. And what if they got rid of me? And then I don't have this other gig. So I was kind of like in this weird limbo, you know, it just did. I kind of err on the side of safety. And that's sometimes not the best thing to do, but I don't regret it. And I enjoyed television. I will say um, I, I enjoyed TV, but I liked doing news myself because i took care of all of it when i used to do news i record everything i write everything i do the report i don't need and at that time you have photographers you know who also and then someone who edits and so like i'm not producer they're going to read your script and see if it works a lot of chain of command yeah you don't want that but i thought it was cool when i worked at you there was um I, i had some really great people I worked with there. And one of the, the funny time was coming back from a story and I'm talking and talking and we're chatting in the, in the van. And it was like an hour and a half trip. And it's like two o'clock in the afternoon, you know, for a six o'clock report, whatever. And we're talking <laughs> and finally he goes, do you think you might want to start writing your story? And I said, e- I can, I can do that like this. See, that's the one thing about a radio news reporter is I had to do news every half hour. I could write a story that fast, like boom, 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 crank it out. And it was funny because I did that. I cranked out the story. I mean, it was fast. And later on, he'd said, I love when we hire radio reporters because they know how to write without you guys add the pictures. So it works. So So that was my my brief brush with WNEP. And you People that I had the pleasure of working with. I had the pleasure of working with um, Joe Zone. Well, I don't know. You didn't work with Joe Zone, but he worked here. At well, wait, so this interview and all this was 93, right? And yes. I start walking in the door there in 93. Hmm. 
<laughs> summer of 93. So I started WDP in June 1993, and you're right. walking in and out of that building when? What month was it? I do not remember. I can't remember. Isn't that something? But we both were there at the same time just saying, should right. I do this? Should I start? That's awesome. And you were coming in, and I was, like, passing by going, hmm. Again, that's one of those yeah. things where if only, you know, we did this, did not do that. Again, I don't, I don't regret it because I like what I'm doing, but um, it definitely was one of those moments where you come through different directions. I can see you still, because you have that look, as our top anchor at WNEP. Oh, you have yeah. like a serious news look. You have, you know, let's face it. You have to have a pretty face when you're on TV in many instances. You have it all. You could have been it. And then well, you could have been making well, who knows what. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I don't know. Unfortunately for women in television, the, life, the shelf life goes And that's just yeah, you can, the reality. The reality. Yeah, you can be an ugly guy on TV like me, but uh, women, not, not always the case, right? It's a different scenario. <laughs> now, just so you know, at ILK, we're there. I first started, Tom Williams was our anchor. Wow. He was there. He Jim Cole was working, was doing sports. And I watched and the people go to WA. Isn't so, that something? So, yeah, I just thought yeah. that, you know, this is perhaps where I shall go. And I just didn't. It didn't, didn't work out that way. Yeah, because this is when TV was still in its... Uh, in its rising status level and peaking in the nineties before the internet comes along and social media. And then it starts sharing that piece of the pie. So this is when it's right. it's getting its apex. Right. And a lot of radio people were migrating to TV and this is such a, uh, 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 an immature time, so to speak that even people like Jay Christopher, he was our weather guy. No background in science or meteorology. They would just say, oh, radio person, come on, you're going to do the weather. It was a whole different world back then. It was. And I used to cover a story as a radio reporter. And you would have like 10 people there between other radio reporters, television reporters, newspaper. I mean, 10 is probably small. So because every radio station had a news department. You just don't see that anymore. It was very no. different. Day. Very, very different. Yeah. So radio starts getting stripped down, I think, in the 90s. And then TV started getting stripped down in the 2000s and 2010s. <laughs> it's just, you know, corporate America gobbles up all these stations. It's where we're at in life. I don't yeah. know. This is just speaking the truth, or I'm not saying it's necessarily bad or good, but we're all a part of that. So now, since then, since you made this decision, that bifurcation in the road, Right. Have you been there since then? Been where? At WILK. You haven't oh, moved. Uh, yes. Um, I've been here since 1989. So it's been a long time. I remember when I first got the job, I needed a car. So I went to what was Howard Duke Isaacs out in the back <laughs> mountain. And I got this car and I remember them sitting there with me and going, okay, this is what you'll pay if you take a four-year loan. Um, and this is what you'll pay if you take a five-year loan. And I said, can I take a three-year loan? And he's like, sure, if you want to. And I said, I don't know how long I'll be at this job. And here I am, like 30-some wow. years. <laughs> like, yeah, it's those little, yeah, it's those little relationships you make with situations in your life. I know exactly what right. you mean. It's crazy. 
So, so now you're like the big wig there. You're, you're in the managerial position. You're the big morning talk show star. You worked with uh, Webster for those years. Before that, do you remember who I started with? I'm going to test your memory now. Kevin Lynn. Yes, remember? I, and he was a little like spicy. He, he was spicy. He was my podcast guest uh, recently, oh. well, a year or two ago. <laughs> he can be uh, a little, what did he used to say? A little bit excitable. <laughs> excitable boy yeah he he stirs the pot he's a uh he's right. a disruptor i guess as they say right <laughs> he was he was good to work with he was fun look um we have strong people have strong personalities and a lot of times in this world people want to pit people against each other and um but i have to say that i i don't ever think i ever worked on air with anybody that i did not have a good relationship with even if we might have mixed it up on the air, talking about things. Well, the, the thing is, you cover politics as a primary um, source of, of what you broadcast out to the world, correct? Right, right. And everyone has a, an opinion on that. So everyone is then going to make each other angry and aggressive because that's the nature of politics. It's not like you're doing comedy or you're right. doing soft entertainment. So you're going to make people ticked off yeah well th that's not a good thing anymore like i really I know i think it's gotten to a point now where people they can't separate that kind of um it, it almost becomes a part of their life where it really affects their relationship and i really really try even though i'm very passionate about what i believe in and i can be very assertive about it if somebody disagrees, I'm very respectful and I want to hear the other side and have a good discussion. And too often, you know, people just want to, and everybody thinks they're an expert and they're not. Like I even, I can admit when I don't know something, but some people think they know everything. Therein lies the problem now. I have a friend who's a cardiologist and he said all of his patients are now coming as Google doctors and they're telling him what they should do because they Googled it. Now here's a cardiologist mm -hmm. being schooled by his patients because they know more. Uh, well, you know, advertisements, tell your doctor, they tell you, yeah. tell your doctor that such and such is right for you. <laughs> I love it. It's crazy. We're in it crazy. Is. So when I then joined you, I, I don't know if this is going to upset you, but I, I always thought when I worked with Kevin Lynn and then more so with uh, Webster, I always thought that you didn't like me. I'm like, this poor girl, I'm picking her off. We were, we were butting heads at times. Some of my stories, I'm thinking, she doesn't want me to do this. She just wants me to do the weather. But then I think over the last five, six, seven years, for some reason, now I think we're like best buddies. Did you change? Uh -oh. Did I change what happened or did I read you wrong? Um, I don't think you read me wrong. And it's not that I didn't like you. Um, I don't, I think sometimes because you do get edgy. Did you hear me? I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Uh oh, your mic is gone. Is it gone? Are you, did you turn me off because you think I might say something? Hello? No, no, not at all. You're back now. I, you were gone for a little bit. Let me see if you're oh. back. Do you want me to try talking again or? This is a terrible situation that we have these, these bad connections. If you want me to try to go back into my Wi-Fi, I will check it, but I don't know if that's going to disrupt everything. I can hear you now, so let me just do this. All right, so 
Do you hate me? Do you love me? Did I tick you off? Let's hear the answer. I love having you on. I do. I really do. I think that any times that things might have been a little off may have been um, sometimes if you said something that I know that Kevin and you might have sometimes gotten a little bit into it. And maybe <laughs> I was uncomfortable because, you know, a lot of times you'll go, you would go into this. Guys are like this always. Oh, yeah. I probably, yeah. Primitive times to now. Um, but I've always enjoyed doing it with you. I just think sometimes you have to be real. I don't want to be fake happy all the time. No, I like the fact that we are butting heads. It was good. Right, right. So again, I can, and um, Jason, who I'm on with now, could tell you, because he says it a lot to people is, even if I disagree, or I might even say something to him, you know, during a break or something about doing something different, like, I never get mad that I hold a grudge or like in two seconds, I'm fine, but I'm honest in that moment. Not brutally honest, but just, I'd like to be honest. I think you are too. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Well, I try to be because there's so many fake TV and radio personalities. And I think you and I are uh, a little offended by that. We don't want, we want to be true to ourselves, but yet when you're in the media, you can't be too true because then you'll turn people off. You don't want to tell people too much about yourself. Right well, now, I can't tell you if I'm a pro-Trump or, tro- or pro-Biden. I can't tell you that. I have to I, keep it a secret and that hurts me. That's different for you. And actually for years doing news, that was the situation for me. So in 2003, my GM moved me into talk, which was a whole other world because now they want your opinions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now and, you're going to make tons of enemies. Oh, God, yeah. So it's just, um, and I'm not the type of person who, when I go home and talk to other people, sit and talk about politics at all. It's the worst. It's the worst, right? (laughs) So as much as I'm involved and I care about, I care more. It's not politics. I care about people and I care about community and I care about how we take care of people. Um, But when I go out in public and people come up to me and want to start talking about it, I usually say I get paid to talk about it three hours a day. And that's (laughs) like all I want to do. Yeah, because I'm I, same way. I love everybody that I, I'm friends with people of all political stripes. Well, let me ask you this: being a woman, because right. I re- I listen to a lot of weather podcasts. So there's this one podcast I listen to, and they had a whole show devoted to something I didn't even know existed. It's women who do weather forecasts across the country on local and national TV outlets. The things that they have to deal with that men do not have to deal with. I didn't even know this existed in the world. Constant emails and social uh, statements and posts on their hair, their dress, their makeup, how horrible they look. Why do they say that? Why do they stand like that? What's with those shoes or come ons, uh, sexual innuendos? I'm thinking, I didn't even know this existed. Do you get a lot of that more so Um than a man would? Let me say that one of the main things I neglected to mention, but now that you mention it, that I hated about television was you could cover a story, work your butt off to get it right, to do everything right. And the number one thing I'd get would be messages and letters about my glasses, my hair, my clothes. It's so ridiculous. The way I say police, it should be police. Yeah, I mean, it, and, and that's just like uh, the, the experience for women 
in many walks of life is very, very different. I mean, one of the things that I think is eye-opening for men is you can jump on your bike and you can you can go for a ride anywhere you want, remote areas, whatever, go for a walk, go for a run. Women have to worry all the time about their safety. Yes. And so like, I often say, like, I remember somebody wrote something up on Twitter and said, what would life be like for women without men? And I would never want a life like a world like that. Just so I want to put that out there. But one of the most eye-opening thing were all the women saying, I could go for a jog at any time in any place whenever I want. And I thought, wow, like that is so true. Nancy, you're enlightening me right now. I never even consider that. So that's on your mind. That's that's the truth um, for. A, and again, I had a conversation the other day with somebody and we were talking about the old days and being young and being a young woman at one time when you talk about being in school. Um, nowadays, this stuff would never go by. But, you know, the comments that would be made, guys would like grab and pinch your butt. And like you, and you just walk by and kind of be like, you, there's nothing you really could do. Yes, right. Yeah, I mean, I was sexually harassed working in at a in the break room at the grocery store I worked at. And you tell a manager, and and they basically say, well, we just won't put you on when that person's working. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Oh yeah. my god, it's a different world. You're right. So these are the things I wouldn't think of. Yeah, if I put on some tight spandex like all cyclists do and go for a ride. I don't even think at all there's someone out there that's going to say right. something. Or look at those legs. Or blah, 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 blah. But yet a woman, I'm sure you're going to hear that the whole time or they'll be getting Google that. It's unbelievable. Right. right. Talk to your daughter sometime about that. It would be interesting because we, we have to consider different things. Yeah. Well, maybe you should walk around packing heat. Maybe that's the answer. Just do that. <laughs> maybe I am. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. What what size is it? A Magnum 35? I don't know. I don't know my guns. I don't know. Anyway, no. so so you've been so you get these calls, you get a lot of angry people. That's the I mean, you 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 are diving into this world though. So you're asking for it now when you're in a political talk show forum. So right. you you have right. you must have pachyderm like thick skin where things do not bother you. Oh, I just have to not even look sometimes at comments because things right. do bother to be honest with you, I don't mind if somebody criticizes my opinion, but people can be very personal and nasty. Right. So, yeah, you have to have thick skin. I will say that even though it's always been, you know, something that you have to deal with, you're always going to have people with strong opinions. Um, but truly things I thought changed during that 2016 election, um, because we did a town hall with all of our talk show hosts during right before the election. Okay. And after one of them, I had to sneak out a back door and run to my car because people were waiting outside. People were yelling, tackling from the audience. So it just got to a point where I thought, you know, you used to be able to go out and, and you know, talk about these things and have a, a civil discussion. And that just really got people. They were so just divided over it. I know so the different. division is amazing now. I, you know, remember it used to just commonly make fun of presidents. It was seen on TV commercials. I used to put whenever the I've been through many presidents now since I was doing the weather on WNEP, and I used to use their little heads or their haircut or the uh, the car they drove, the presidential 
uh, seal the airplane. I used to put that on my weather map just to have fun with the president, whether it was uh, Bill Clinton, whether it was uh, uh, Donald Trump. And I can't do that anymore because you're going to tick people off. Oh. And now, yeah, I used to put Obama's head on weather maps and say, hey, here's a low pressure system coming. Ours our presidential spin. <laughs> you can't do that now. I couldn't do that. How times have changed it's just in very- the last five, 10 years. Everyone gets polar and it- angry and ticked off and takes sides. Well, it must be more difficult for you because you can't. And unfortunately, people want to start to read. So if you talk about, they want to read into something. When you come on with us and you talk about uh, climate change, we get the people who are disagree. But then you also will come on and you talk about pampered little babies today and kids today. And then you get the other people are like, boy, he sounds like a conservative. And it's like, most of people are somewhere in the middle, depending yeah. on the issue. Yeah, you can't check all the boxes on both sides. No, you can't. I was, no, you really I, can't. I was told with you, never talk about sex, religion, or politics. So I try to stay away from those three things that my boss told me 15 years ago. When I do the radio with you, stay away. So we we usually, we we walk on the fringe, right, sometimes, but that's about it. Right. Well, I mean, it's nothing I don't other than the climate change. Like, God forbid, if you uh, someone but who knows a little shouldn't bit about be, that shouldn't be politics. You know, that's like if right. that's like that's like if you had a sore arm and you went to five physicians and they all told you, oh, you have a your your radius is broken. You have a crack in your radius. We got to get that fixed. And then someone else said, no, 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 that's not a crack of the radius. That's a bad vibe from a crystal that's in your room. Well, (laughs) (laughs) well, you know what? Um, That's what's causing the pain. No. So let science do science there. It's not a controversial subject. The problem though, is that in the media on the cable news networks, you will have a person up there who is pro like saying climate change is real. And then they'll put up a person who says it's not. And the thinking for the average viewer is it's a a 50-50 proposition when it's really like 99.5 to like 0.5. And they don't always say you should put up 99 squares with all these people who who tell you it's and then put up the one for the one who doesn't. But see everything, they try to make it look like it's an equal problem and it's not. Awesome point. In science, we do the same thing with evolution versus creationism. You don't have a debate on those two things because they're not on equal footing. One is science and one is religion and one is not based on facts at all. And one is based wholly on facts. So they're not in the same starting point. So you don't put them together on the same forum. And you're right. Climate change is the same thing. These are the facts, folks. Whether you want to digest them and believe them, that's up to you. I always use the analogy of a plane. You're on a plane. You're flying at 30,000 feet, right? The plane is uh, doing fine. Then all of a sudden, Nance, guess what happens? You hear that both pilots are dead and the plane is on cruise control. But now you have to land that plane. Are they going to ask the people in the fuselage, all the people on this plane, are they going to ask, all right, are there any priests here? Are there any doctors here? Are there any plumbers here? We don't want their opinion. It doesn't matter. Is there anyone here that can fly a plane? That's all that matters. Right. So right. if you were on that plane, you wouldn't want the opinion of the clergy. You wouldn't want the opinion of the plumber. You would want the opinion of the pilot who's in the passenger seat. Could you, sir or ma'am, fly this plane? 
That's how it should be with climate change. We don't want the opinion of a politician. We want the opinion of climate scientists. As I said, everybody thinks they're an expert. And that's why there's this great book. And I can't, I think it's Tom Nichols, but it's called Death of Expertise. And it, you know, this whole thing that smart people are elite, they're talking down to us. And everybody, they know more. Now, I was diagnosed with breast cancer back in 2007. I can't believe it's that long ago. I would not ask anybody else but my doctor what I should do. I had people bringing me water cure books and don't take chemo. And I'm like, that's not helpful, but I want to talk to a medical professional. Perfect. And you chose the right path. And that's why I think the pilot example is a good one, because anyone on that plane, I think, can experience this. Now, they're not going to listen to the plumber. They're not going to listen to the uh, psychic, they're going to want a pilot to take that plane down. So that's how you have to look with all science subjects, whether it's breast cancer, whether it's climate change, listen to the experts, you know? Oh, please. I, I would hope that they would, because it, this is not a small thing. This is a really important thing. And that's sure what we heard about the future. future. So you've been doing this now for all those years. Are you getting tired of it? I'm 57 years old. You're not that far behind. Are you thinking I want to retire soon? You want um, to stay in radio? Are you going to are you going to kill it for the next five, 10 years? What are you going to do? Honestly, I'm going to be super honest and say I definitely do like like get out of it after five years or years. Whoa! <laughs> and my mind could change, but. As I mentioned with the diagnosis from 2007, you never know when something could happen and you need to experience life. And so you need to do, and you do this a lot because you're always out there going and running and I can't keep up with you. But I- As soon as I'm done here, I'm going for a mountain bike ride. I know you are. So (laughs) I just think that um, it's really important for me at some point to have more time to, I just want to have more experiences and I love the job, but it's very early in the morning and you're even earlier. And it's just between that and then to, I have to take a nap. You don't nap. I nap or I'd go crazy. I Once nap that at seven though. Like you go to bed early and yes. body doesn't let me do that. But I, I just think that I, I kind of want to get into where I just want to do some stuff that I want to enjoy because you just never know what could happen. I, I feel so sad when I hear these people who retire and then they don't make it very long to enjoy all that time that they worked. Yeah, I totally agree. And also, and no offense if there's someone listening who is older, but I don't know, once you get into your maybe mid late seventies, closing in on 80, how much could you even do? You know, So you don't wanna work through your mid late sixties and then how many years do you have left? So I'm like you, I wanna, Hopefully as soon as possible, whether it's next year or five, seven years, I don't know, but I want to enjoy so many things while I'm still healthy and can, because you don't see too many, you don't see too many 80 year old men, you know, hiking the Himalayan mountains, you know, you got to do it while you're a little younger, you know, you don't. And look, I just want to say to anybody watching, look, I, I would be very blessed to be able to do that. And I understand there are some people who don't have a choice. There are some people have to work and like i would love to fight to help them out more with what we how we take care of people but um yeah if if i could get by with it i would be happy um my daughter will be done with college in like three or four years and 
maybe like a little bit after that, go have some fun, you know? Yeah, that's where I'm at too. The kids are done. Now, so you're going to start collecting your social security check as I am at 62. You and oh, I, absolutely. we're going to start. Oh my gosh, we <laughs> talked about this the other day. Like it makes more sense. Take it at 62 because from 62 to 67, that's five years of getting that money. Every- my money, right. I know. Well, someone <laughs> I'm sure did all the math. <laughs> I get it that people go, oh, it's more than yeah, but it's going to be more. Yeah. 62, baby, do it, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. You want to keep waiting for that big check, but yet at the same time, you're deteriorating each year? No. Deteriorate. <laughs> you're so far ahead of the rest of us. Get out of here. I could drop dead tonight after this interview in my sleep. So not none of that matters. But whew, well, we agree with that. So what do you do on a typical day? You leave work at, say, 11, 12 o'clock. You go home. You have all afternoon. I sleep for two hours. Every day, really? I do. Almost every day. I have to take a nap because I don't get to bed till like 10. And then getting up at four, that's like hours. So I always tell my family, don't call me like between one to three o'clock because that's usually where you have to take a nap. Have to. Nance, I want you to switch it up. I want you to start going to bed at 730. No naps. You come home at noon and you have all day. Every day is like the weekend and you stay up until seven at night. You can do it. Come on. No naps. You said that to me before, but this is that disconnect because a lot of the moms out there may understand this. I could never go to bed at seven o'clock when the kids were young because who do they run to for homework? And <laughs> oh, I need this done for tomorrow. Yeah, um, but those years I- are over. Or, you know, they haven't, like the kids didn't go to bed at seven in their teens. So there was always an issue. I'm a light sleeper. Is everything okay? I, I Nobody would tiptoe around the house for me. Yeah, they but it's over me. now. Even when I nap, oh, even today, even now, like my daughter's home, even if I'm napping, she'll just walk in and be like, hey, mom. And it's like, <laughs> just I know, I get the same thing, but it's over. They're older now. It's time for Nancy Kamen. I know. I agree. I, yeah. whatever right (laughs) i like to garden i love to garden so i'm getting more into gardening and all that kind of stuff but um you know we go for walks my husband and i do um a lot of that because we have a good bit of property up in the woods that we have a path we'll walk and that's my peaceful tranquil time yeah the woods are the place it's like thoreau you got to go there for peace you know the best part is if you take your shoes and socks off and let your feet in the grass in the spring or the summer and connect to the earth it's the best i never have my shoes and socks on i walk barefoot all over the place i love it Uh, yeah well i couldn't do that i did that at home when i was at home for like six months during covid doing the remote and i wasn't wearing anything on my feet and my feet started to kill me and they're like oh no you can't walk barefoot most people their feet can't take that what yes (laughs) It's a daily ritual. I want you to try it. Although this goes back to the woman thing. It may not work. I run out to the mailbox barefoot and in my underwear (laughs) to get the mail all the time. Now I look to see if there's any cars coming. Usually it's dark out, but you'll never feel more alive than when you do that. You're going to try it Um, in the underwear. Probably not. (laughs) That would be a little uncomfortable. See a guy in underwear is like a guy in shorts. You're right. No big deal. But if they're, if you see a woman out there in her underwear, they'll, they'll call the police or they'll take pictures or you'll be on the six o'clock news. Who knows? what up Like, you know, a viral video somewhere. <laughs> Very uncomfortable. All right. You get a call tonight from WNEP and they're going to give you more money than you're making now. And they want you to be the new anchor person on one of their newscasts. You're taking it? Absolutely. I'm there. 
Oh, you hear that, <laughs> folks? She's not married to radio after more all. More money. How much more? <laughs> Double? Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> so there's still a chance to get you in TV, huh? Just before my shelf life expires. <laughs> right. I'm well, not doing you. Botox. No Botox for me. No, boy, you got to go. Oh, I'm with you there. All natural, right? This is the most I ever wear, just for you. <laughs> oh, perfect. All right. Well, it was great talking with you. So maybe that call will come and we'll be colleagues at WNEP. Who knows? I'm going to be waiting by the phone. <laughs> Nancy Kamen, thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It's always fun having you. Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything. Mr. Curiosity. About.